because you are the Supreme. Because you are the Supreme. Beyond all transcendence. Beyond all transcendence. And because there is no end. And because there is no end. We are opulences. We are opulences. Consequently, consequently, we are celebrated by the name Ananta. We are celebrated by the name Ananta. There was no need for the Prachitas to ask any benediction from the Supreme Lord because the devotees are simply satisfied by the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Dhruva Maharaj practiced similar other posterities and balances to see the Supreme Lord, and his intention was to receive benediction from the Lord. He wanted to acquire the throne of his father or obtain an even better position. But when he was actually in the presence of the Supreme Lord, he forgot everything. He said, My dear Lord, I do not wish to ask any benediction. This is the actual position of the devotee. The devotee simply wants to be in the presence of the Supreme Lord, either in this world or in the next, and engage in his service. That is the ultimate goal and benediction for the devotees. The Lord asked the Prajitas to pray for some benedictions, and they said, what kind of benedictions should we pray for? The Lord is unlimited and there are unlimited benedictions. The purpose is that if one must ask for benedictions, he must ask for unlimited benedictions. The purpose is that if one must ask for benediction, he must ask for unlimited benediction. The words for further are very significant in this verse. The Supreme Personality of God is this Parataha Para. The word para means transcendental, beyond this material world. The impersonal Brahman effulgence is beyond this material world and is also called parampadam. Arunika Krishna parampadam. Srimantavatam 10.2.32. Merging into the impersonal effulgence of the Lord is called parampadam, but there is a higher transcendental position, which is the association of the Supreme Personality of God. Brahmati Paramatmiti 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 Sabdati 1 2 11. The absolute truth is realized first as the impersonal Brahman and then as Paramatma and finally as Bhagavan. Thus, the personality of God and Bhagavan is Parataha Parat beyond Brahman and Paramatma realization. In this connection, Sri Jiva Goswami points out that Parataha Parat means better than the best. The best is the spiritual world and it is known as Brahman. The, spiritual, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, however, is known as Parabrahma. Therefore, Paratha Parat means better than Brahman realization. As will be explained in the next verses, the Prachitas plan to ask the Lord for something that has no limit. The Lord's past sense, qualities, forms, and names are all unlimited. There is no limit to His names, form, past sense, creation, and paraphernalia. The living entity cannot conceive of the unlimitedness of the unlimited. That's interesting, that's interesting. One. The living entity cannot conceive of the unlimitedness of the unlimited. However, if living entities are engaged in hearing about the unlimited potencies of the Supreme Lord, they are factually connected directly to the unlimited. Such understanding of the unlimited becomes unlimited by hearing and chanting. Om Namah Shivaya. 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 Om Namah Shivaya.
coming back from morning of I saw that he had got a papayas. Hmm? So I asked him what the, uh, how much was the papaya for? Hmm? And he said 10 rupees. Hmm? So usually if anybody knows me, I bargain. <laughs> uh, and if somebody gives me for free, I ask for two. <laughs> so I usually bargain, but 10 rupees of papaya, I thought it was not worth bargaining. So I just gave him 10 rupees and got the papaya for this devotee. And, uh, yeah, and here they also gone for a walk. And when he came back, he brought papaya and he told me, Prabhu, I bought a very nice papaya today. And uh, he showed me the papaya and said there was food seller standing outside. And I asked him, how much did you pay for the papaya? And he said, 20 rupees. <laughs> and his papaya was smaller than the one which I had bought. And I told him, I bought it from the same food seller for 10 rupees. So, and that devotee said, this devotee said, I would have paid 50 rupees also for it. <laughs> I don't mind because what is 50 rupees in terms of euros, right? So, 100 rupees also I would have paid for this copay. But the interesting point is, I asked him, did you uh, bargain or uh, negotiate with them? And he said, no, no, he asked me for 50 rupees. So, the point is, that person, that old uh, fruit seller, he gave this papaya, he told 20 rupees and he gave it. He could have asked for 50 rupees <laughs> also, he could have bought it. <laughs> right? So, but what did he do? He just asked for 20. 20. <laughs> because he has set his boundaries. He could have asked for 100 rupees and he would have bought it. Right. He could have bought 100 rupees. But that fruit seller earns in a whole day 100 rupees. He does not have that mindset that I can earn the same amount in one minute. Right? <laughs> so he has set his boundaries that I will only charge double of what I usually charge. Whereas when I went, he did not even tell 20, he just said 10 rupees. So this is how we set our boundaries. We don't ask for, we don't understand what is unlimited. For us, the limitation is our, we set our boundaries to the so we cannot make more than what we have set for. And it's a, the very nice example which the Prabhupada often quotes is of Dr. Frog. Mm-hmm. If a frog from the ocean, we all know this uh, pastime, uh, write this story, but uh, if a frog from the ocean comes into the well and tries to understand, make this Dr. Frog who has never been out of the well, to uh, explain to him the vastness of the ocean, the proper frog is, is it 10 times bigger than this well? 100 times, 1000 times, 10,000 times? And frog says, no, you don't understand. And eventually the frog, Dr. Frog explodes. Because he is not able to understand what is unlimitedness, the vastness of the ocean. And so there is a boundary set. So mentally we all have got these boundaries. We don't understand. We can only ask for what our mind can fathom, like what our limitations we have set in our mind. The very nice example is, uh, many of the students come from overseas, right? Especially from India, when you are in India studying engineering or some kind of uh, courses, everyone from engineering, right? most, of, most of them, right? So, they think of going abroad, right? They come here, uh, when they come here, their only vision is, how can I get into UK or US or Australia, right? These days nobody goes to US and UK. Many people come to Australia because of COVID, right? They want to get out of India and come to Australia. But the vision is, I want to go to Australia, suppose. They come as student here, 
What is the first thing they want to do when they come here as a student? Find a job. Find a job, right? And what is the expectation of the job? Part-time job. At least if I can take out my expenses, 20k, 30k a year, if I can make, I can take out my expenses, right? That is the expectations. And he gets a job, he works part-time here, there, full-time, whatever. And then, what is the next after he finishes his study? He thinks about PR, right? That is the struggle now. He gets PR. We'll uh, assume everything is uh, smooth for this youth, okay? or person, student. He gets a PR. Uh, once he gets a PR, what is his first thing? Get to Ayurveda. Get a permanent. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. If he has not been to boat cruise or retreat or come to temple, he will <laughs> get another job. Otherwise, his career is gone. That is <laughs> so, yeah, if no one from Bhakta catches him, if he has not come for Saturday fish, if he has saved somehow, uh, so then otherwise, his material life is finished. But we will assume he has not come in touch with any of the Bhakta Vamanavas. So, what, uh, so he start finding, he gets a PR, he starts finding a job. Now he will not find for 20k job, 30k job. He will say, at least I should get 50, 60k. Right? So, 50, 60k is getting a job. He is now educated, he gets 50, 60k job. What happens? He goes back to India, gets married, comes back. Now, he's because he's married, he tries to increase his quota. Now, he's searching for 70, 80k job. Right? Then, he buys a property. Now, 78k is all going in property only. So, what is, what is it? Now, at least I want 100k. Right? And then he buys an investment property. So, now he's targeting for 120k, 150k. Right? So, one thing, every time he's searching for 10, 20k price, but the same person could, was capable of getting 150k when he finished his studies. But he's not thinking in that way. He's only thinking, I can only go 20k, 30k. So he has set his boundaries. So this is very important. That when you set your boundaries, you cannot think beyond it. We don't understand. And as it is mentioned, we don't understand unlimitedness. We don't. And that is why our prayers are not being answered. Why? Because we are only, while we are changing, what are we thinking about? If the bills are getting paid off or not, how can we pay off the bills? I'm not talking about you or talking about myself. But, uh, so, this is the thought process which is going on. So, that is why we don't see, we don't uh, get our benedictions. We don't get such benedictions. Hmm. Uh, the second uh, point was, the first was set of setting the boundaries. Second was condition. The beggar on the street is conditioned. If you go to a city like Bombay, like you, as soon as you come to the lights, you will see beggars coming. What do they ask for? Five rupees, ten rupees, usually some coins, right? He would never ask for ten million dollars. So he is conditioned to ask for something which is small. Uh, there's a nice uh, story which I had mentioned uh, probably long ago, uh, but uh, it's worth uh, mentioning here because in conditioning we can understand how our body, how we are conditioned to something. There was a person who was very uh, upset and uh, because of his uh, poor poverty and he goes to this uh, uh, sadhu and the sadhu gives him 
tell them like you go to so and so place, uh, there is a beach there, and you will find a touch stone. You touch that stone to anything, and it will turn into gold. So and uh, this Sadhu said, but there will be many stones. To find such a stone, what you have to do is you pick up the stone, the stone which is hot, warm. Hmm? That is the stone which is a touch stone. Hmm? The rest of the stones will be cold. Hmm? So then he said, oh, that's great. He takes his obeisances, goes to this beach, and he tries to find the stone. And when he reaches the beach, the beach is full of stones. So what does he do? He picks up the stone. He thinks of a good idea. He picks up the stone, throws it into the ocean. He picks up another stone, throws it into the ocean, feels it. It's not warm, throws it into the ocean. So he does this for days actually, months actually, and years he does this because he was so convinced that yes, the sadhu has given me this uh, secret and there has to be stone. He was convinced with the sadhu. So he picks up the stone, feels the stone, and throws it. But after a long period of time, what does he do? One day he picks up the stone, which is the touch stone, which is hot. But what does he do? He throws it into the ocean because after such a long time he forgot what the purpose of his picking up the stone was. He was so much conditioned to throwing the stones into the ocean. He forgot that he was searching for the touch stone, and that is why he was doing this. And he throws it into the ocean, and he keeps doing that even after that because he forgot the purpose of why he was doing that thing. So this is what conditioning is. We do. Our sadhana, we do our uh, austerities, we do whatever uh, uh, bhakti we are doing, but we forget the, uh, we forget the purpose and we are conditioned to, uh, to doing the activity, we forget the purpose behind that activity. Yes, uh, uh, see the Lord, hmm? to uh, please the Lord. Hmm? To worship the Lord. So that activity, we just are focused on the activity. Actually, uh, Giridharma Maharaj tells a very nice uh, uh, pastime of Srila Prabhupada in uh, Jew Chopadi. Uh, sorry, not Chopadi. Jew Temple. When the Jew Temple was built, uh, uh, we all know the pastime of Mr. Shetty, right? Uh, Mr. Shetty was very close to Srila Prabhupada. And when the temple was being built, Mr. Shetty once uh, came, when the main temple was not built yet. They were trying to get the permission for Mr. Nair's pastime is over. So after that, they were trying to get the permission for building the temple, the main temple. And at that time, Mr. Shetty told Srila Prabhupada that the municipal commissioner will have to pay him 5,000 rupees, otherwise he will not approve. He will not approve the uh, plans and permits and will not give us permission. So uh, Srila Prabhupada said, uh, okay, let, let me think. So 5,000 rupees. Uh, was what Mr. Shetty told him. So Prabhupada said, okay, let me think. And when Mr. Shetty went, Srila Prabhupada asked uh, Giraj Maharaj, what should we do? Whether we should give 5,000 rupees or not? And Giraj Maharaj said, yeah, why not? And uh, Srila Prabhupada said, no, you don't know this uh, contractor, because Mr. Shetty was a contractor, building contractor. And Srila Prabhupada said, in Bengali there is a proverb, if a uh, jeweler is given some gold by his own mother to make a ring. The jeweler will think, should I keep some gold for myself? So he would not think that it is from my mother only because that is the conditioning he has got. So similarly, this building contractors also have got a condition. They will not think where the money is coming from. They will keep something for for themselves and not pay the contract uh, the municipal commission anything. 
and then our project might not uh, be finished. Hmm. So then Sarov was said, okay, it's decided, and they discussed and said, they said, okay, sir, we are not paying 5,000 rupees. Hmm. And then next day when Mr. Shetty came, and Prabhu uh, asked Mr. Shetty, hmm, so what do you think? And Mr. Shetty said, we'll have to pay, otherwise we will not go ahead with this project. And Prabhupada asked Giran Naraj, go and get 5,000 and give it to him. Hmm. So Giran Naraj was confused. Like last night we decided that uh, we are not paying 5,000, but Prabhupada immediately changed. Hmm. So he understood that Prabhupada was teaching us a lesson that this conditioning is so strong. So we have to be very careful, we have to be intelligent about monitoring this conditioning. Hmm. And Srila uh, Prabhupada, it was not that Srila Prabhupada doubted Mr. Shetty. But he was trying to teach a lesson through this pastime. So, uh, and there are many readings with Mr. Shetty afterwards as well, uh, where, which shows like Shila Prabhupada, Mr. Shetty was very dear to Shila Prabhupada, and even Prabhupada was very dear to Mr. Shetty. So, this is about conditioning, and there is another conditioning, especially. Uh, we see right from childhood we have been taught, you pray to the demigods, you pray to God for something. So even we see Christians pray to God for bread and butter, give us our daily bread. Hmm? Muslims pray for something. Even uh, in the Hindu culture there is, uh, prayers are offered to different different demigods. In the second canto, third chapter, if you, uh, the first section, Shilasudhu uh, Goswami mentions about different different demigod worships and the results one get from those demigod worships. So, it's, we have been conditioned to make this Bhata system kind of a business with Vanik mentality of worshipping the God and asking for something. So, this is another kind of conditioning. And the, most of the people are basically, uh, especially in Western and even in Indian culture, we see these days, like most of the people are just Karmavadis. There is a term mentioned, Karmavadis. Karmavadis are Whatever I'm doing is by my own endeavor. I'm strong enough to handle things. I'm the controller, I'm the enjoyer. So this is a karmavadi mentality where they don't believe in any of the God. So it is mentioned, one who dies with most toys is successful. So when a person dies, if he has got a lot of cars and possessions, then he is considered to be successful. But what is the point? Those things, possessions are still here. So, but this is a karmavadi mentality where he thinks I am successful by my assets. And then the other uh, kind of uh, persons are Daivavadis. Daivavadis are the people who think I am destined to get whatever I am going to get. So why should I work hard? Everything comes from the Lord. If Lord wants you, it's Ajgar Vritti. Ajgar Vritti, Ajgar is snake, python. Right? What does python do? He is so heavy that he lies on in the forest under the tree and if some animal or bird or something comes he just eats it. So he doesn't put any endeavor much into looking out for the prey. He will just lie down and if something comes along the way he will eat it. So that's Ashgar Prithi, that is Dayuvari. They think everything is destined, predestined. But actually the real purpose, the real purpose is uh, the devotees are so everything, the devotees endeavor for things, 
but they utilize everything in the service of the Lord. So this is the right understanding of Uttama Bhakti. That is the right Bhakti, devotional service, where one works, puts in energy, and this is the whole purport of uh, Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna spoke to Arjuna for this one because Arjuna wanted to give up fighting, and Krishna wanted him to fight, but as an offering to Krishna himself. So uh, this is uh, devotees are Krishna Vadis. They are not neither Karma Vadis nor not Dev Vadis. They are a combination of both. So the first thing we heard was we are limited set, limited by our boundaries, then the conditioning we understood, and now it is the third thing, why our benedictions are not been answered, or why our prayers are not been answered and why are we not getting any benedictions is because we don't we have got no knowledge of the potential of the giver. We don't know who we are asking for. So what happens if, uh, suppose uh, one goes to ask for donation to Bill Gates. Somehow or other after a lot of uh, trouble he reaches there. And when he meets Bill Gates, he asks for, can you please give me ten dollar donation? What will happen? Bill Gates will say, okay, take this ten dollars, go. And what will Bill Gates say? Next time such people don't waste my time. Because this one second is more than thousand dollars. Somebody calculated like if every second is thousand dollars he's earning. Every second. So if somebody comes for ten dollars or comes to him after so much of endeavor and he asks just for ten dollars, don't make him come up again. Don't I don't want to see him again. He will give ten dollars. But what has happened here? That person has not made ten dollars, he has wasted the opportunity for something bigger. So similarly, he did not understand what is the position of because what can he give. So we have to understand what is the potential of the personality whom we are seeking help, whom we are seeking our prayers for, whom we are praying. So, uh, so one has to understand the potential of the giver. Another story uh, which. Uh, this explanation, I think, in uh, natural evolution is explained where uh, a lady goes into forest with her uh, uh, wooden sticks on head, log of sticks on her head, and then those sticks fall on the ground. So in Vrindavan, she is in the Vrindavan, sorry, in Vrindavan she is going around with a log of sticks on the head and the sticks fell down. So she shouts at Krishna, Krishna, and this is the natural mode of Vajrasana, right? So she shouts Krishna and Krishna appears in front of her. What can I do? And what does the lady say? Can you put the log back on my head? And Krishna puts the log back and she walks away. And Krishna goes away. So this is, uh, it's an actor devotion, right? Uh, this, uh, I think it's an actor devotion. So it's mentioned, one should not uh, ask for something petty things. When you go in front of the Lord, you don't ask for something petty things. And so you don't understand the potential of the giver. Uh, another pastime uh, which is very interesting is in Mahabharata, just before the war, Arjuna and Duryodhana both go in front of the Lord. So it is mentioned Duryodhana goes first and at that time Lord was sleeping on his bed. So Duryodhana sits, there was an asana next to Lord's head, so he sat there. And when Arjuna entered after that, he just sat at the feet of the Lord. He sat at the feet of the Lord and when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw Arjuna first. 
And Lord said, okay, hi Arjuna, how are you? Uh, what are you doing here? Uh, they exchanged greetings and then said, uh, Arjuna said, I have come to ask for your help. At that time, Guruvedan also says, oh, I am also here. And Lord saw him and said, oh, you are also here. I saw you, I did not see you first. Because you were sitting next to my head. And I saw Arjuna because you were sitting just at the feet of, at, at my feet. So I saw him first. So Lord said, okay, I give you the first preference, what do you want? So Lord said that in this battle, I will not pick up any weapon. So I will fight on one side and my one million soldiers will fight on the other side. And they are all as powerful as Narayanas. Therefore Narayanas. So they are all powerful, very powerful soldiers. But one side will get my soldiers and the other side will be me who will not pick up any weapons. And he said, Arjuna, you have got a first preference because I saw you first, you have got a preference to select. At that time, Duryodhana said, no, 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 I, was, I came first, so I should get. Because in his mind he was thinking, what if Arjuna will select the soldiers? And if Krishna is not going to pick up any weapons, he is useless. So he was thinking that way. So, uh, but anyways, Krishna said, no, Arjuna is younger and at the same time he is the one of my first. So you should get the first preference. And Arjuna immediately, without second thought, he asked for Krishna to be in his side. Whereas Duryodhana became happy, oh, he is such a fool, thinking he has selected Krishna who is not going to pick up any weapon. So Duryodhana became happy and said, okay, I'll keep the army. So that's how he was thinking. But what is the point that we are discussing here? Duryodhana did not understand the potential of Krishna. He did not understand. Krishna himself is equal to the whole army, whole uh, whatever army was there on the battlefield, even if he did not pick up the weapon. And we saw in the whole battlefield, uh, it was Krishna who protected the... It was only because of Krishna they won the battle, actually. Uh, there, there was a... Uh, there was a uh, son of Kato's church, Barbary. So Barbary had got a valuation that uh, whichever side he is on, mm. that side will win and the opposite side will lose. And he had, got, he, he had taken a vow that I will fight on the side which is losing. Mm. So he had taken that vow. So Krishna met and Krishna thought that if he fights on the side of uh, Kauravas, because they are going to lose anyways. If he fights on their side, then they will win because he can defeat, easily defeat the whole army. So Krishna, what did he do? He met him on the way and he asked for benediction and cut off his head. But then Barbari uh, asked for benediction and he got benediction that he will be able to watch the whole war. And at the end of the war, now Barbari is watching the whole war and then uh, at the end of the war, all these Pandavas, the five Pandavas and Krishna, they go to Barbari and uh, ask Barbari, what did you see? Hmm? Who was the best of the warriors among all of us? Hmm? Bhima said, was I the best? Like I killed all the hundred Kauravas. Uh, Arjuna said, no, uh, was I the best? Like everyone was arguing like this and they asked Barbari, who was the best? And Barbari said, there was only one person fighting in the whole, uh, of, whole of your side and that was Krishna. I saw that he was the only one who was protecting everyone and because of that you fight alive. So anyways, this is a story which 
narrates how Krishna was the main uh, reason why Pandavas, because Pandavas had a very small army, there were only seven Akshonis and uh, the Tauravas had eleven Akshonis and there were all these uh, Pitama, Vishnu and uh, Dronacharya and all those uh, great warriors were there, Karna, like they were undefeated, but still they lost the battle because Krishna was on, not on their side, Krishna was on the side of Pandavas. So, uh, this was one mistake that Duryodhan did was he did not understand the potential of Krishna. So this is the point we are understanding. So we understood, we are set, limited by our boundaries, we set the boundaries, we are conditioned, we don't understand the potential of the giver. And uh, the last point that why our prayers are not being answered is because our prayers are tainted by modes of material nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll go quickly here. Uh, so our prayers, basically, we ask for things in the mode of goodness, passion and ignorance. Krishna says four kinds of Dushrajino, pious people who approach me. And Prabhupada uh, has mentioned this, Dhruva Maharaj. Right. So Dhruva Maharaj was asking for wealth. So these people approach the Lord in, in some kind of material uh, needs. So they are in the mode of goodness, at least they are approaching the Lord. Then there are people who are in the Praying in the mode of passion, as I mentioned before, like in the second kind of third chapter, like there is a whole list of demigods you can go and worship for material things. If you have got any uh, physical uh, disease or something, you go to see Surya, Lord Surya, and if you if you want a good wife, you go to Uma Devi, and if you want uh, some power, you go to Lord Ganesh or obstacles. So there are different different things uh, it is mentioned, right? But uh, what does Krishna say in Bhagavad Gita? Those whose intelligence is stolen by material desires, Bhagavad Gita 720 mentioned, but they surrender onto the demigods. Those whose intelligence is stolen by material desires, they surrender onto the demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship. So they do all these vidis, follow the rules and regulations to worship them according to their own natures. So we see that people who worship in the mode of ignorance to Kali Devi and they sacrifice animals and things like that. So, but further Krishna says in uh, 9th chapter that, but they are doing this avidhi purvakam. It's not really. It's not right to, because they get benediction from the Lord Himself. Krishna is the source of all the benedictions, but they are worshipping the demigods. So it is avidhi purvakam. And then the prayers are in the mode of ignorance. Uh, there is a uh, 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 Psychologist Dale Carnegie, we all have heard about him. Uh, in his uh, book uh, uh, on positive thinking, he makes this point that uh, one can, when one makes a prayer, he gets, he, he unlocks his energies, and by those energies, he is able to perform big tasks. And he gives an example of a salesman who was selling vacuum, he was not selling much. So, what does he do? He offers a prayer, and next day, he is able to sell many vacuum cleaners. But he is not mentioning anything whom we should pray or what we should pray. And so, this is completely atheistic mentality. So, this is in the mode of ignorance. People say, you just pray and you will unlock a lot of energies. But where does the energy come from? Nobody knows. And whom should we pray? No. So, this is uh, uh, mode of ignorance. So, Krishna says, people worship ghosts and spirits. Those are in mode of ignorance. So, they just worship anyone without knowing what the worship is. So, so now coming to what our prayer should be, how our prayer should be. 
The first point is we should have full faith and conviction in the Supreme Lord. The first four reasons that we gave is just the opposite of these things. Uh, so we should have full faith and conviction in the Supreme Lord. Anubhulesa Sankalpa, Patikulesa Vajana, Rakshishyati Vishwaso, Bhaktritve, Vana, Tata. Rakshishyati we should know that, and there's a uh, so these are the six stages of Saranagati surrender where we uh, perform uh, we perform activities which are anukulyasa we perform activities which are favorable towards our devotion and we restrict the activities which are unfavorable but the next two points are very important because those two first two points are just basically Saranagati that we are doing uh, performing uh, tasks which are favorable and avoiding tasks which are unfavorable. Mm-hmm. The next way is Rakshishyati Vishwaso Rakshishyati, we understand that Lord is the protector and Gupta He is the maintainer and that comes to Bhava where we come to the realization that He is the maintainer and protector. So, uh, we should have full faith and conviction in the Supreme Lord. Bhagavad Gita Krishna says, Ananyas Chinta Yantama, Ye Jana Padipasate, Desham Nityavrit Abhiyutana, Yoga Kshema, Vahamya. So, he said, Chinta Yantama, those who worship me with devotion and meditate on my transcendental form. So, these two words are Ananyas Chinta Yantama and Yejana Parimpasate so Chinta Yantama meditating on my transcendental form and Parimpasate worshiping with devotion these two things for them I carry what they sorry yeah I carry what they like and preserve what they have so Krishna gives a guarantee that he will protect he will maintain us but one has to worship him with devotion and meditate on his transcendental Form. It's very interesting. There was a quote I found uh, by Saint Teresa of Avila. She said, "Many tears are shed in this world from prayers that are answered than those prayers which are not answered." Hmm. So, interesting point. So, when the prayers are answered, people have tears in their eyes. Why? Because they don't expect the prayers to be answered. It has become a not in actual sense, but that could be uh, other reasons also. Uh, one may be a pure devotee and by that also tears can come. But in this context, uh, she is mentioning that men, uh, tears are shared in the world by the prayers which are answered than the prayers which are not answered. Because people go to the Lord, they come regularly and ask for benedictions. They ask for mercy. But they don't expect the Lord to fulfill them. But then when the Lord fulfills, there are tears in the eyes. And when the Lord does not fulfill, they don't cry. Because they understand somehow in the heart, uh, and this is talking about uh, uh, the normal devotees um, uh, who don't have faith in conviction in the Lord. But it's just become a ritual to offer prayers, to ask for benedictions. So when the uh, prayers are not fulfilled, they don't have any uh, guilt feeling or they don't cry right? because uh, they don't understand, they don't have full faith and conviction in the Supreme Lord.
So the next point is to understand the unlimited nature of the law. Then this is uh, when we'll uh, uh, try to finish this. Uh, so one has to understand that Lord has no boundaries, no edge. Hmm? He is unlimited, as Prabhupada was mentioning here. Hmm? Lord is unlimited. Interesting, uh, Prabhupada quotes this one, Yeh Anya Arindakshar Pimukta Mahanas, Vayasta Bhava Davishita Buddha Arya Tashrina Parampamudha Patanti Yadho Anadar Yashma Amrayat. So one who does not Arya Tashrina Parampamudha. So one who thinks he is uh, perfect, like uh, Arindakshar Pimukta Mahanas, Vayasta Bhava Davishita, but his intelligence, hmm? so Mayavadi is, uh, in this verse it is mentioned, Mayavadi is saying that they are Perfect. They have reached Brahman platform. Or they are uh, on that uh, even uh, uh, having the realizations of uh, the Lord. But still, they because they are Mayavadis, they don't accept the personal form of the Lord. They don't have any uh, regards for the Lord Spirit of the Lord. They fall down patanti because they don't have the devotion for the serving the lotus feet of the Lord, they fall down. Mm-hmm. So, in the contrast, Lord Brahma uh, explains uh, and we know how Lord Brahma in the 13th chapter and 14th chapter, Lord manifested the unlimited form of Narayana and showed it to Brahma like how he was this incident and he offers in the 14th chapter, he offers all the prayers. Uh, and in those prayers he is mentioning, Athapite Deva Padam Pujadvaya so it says, My Lord, if one is favored even that slight trace of the mercy of your lotus feet, he can understand the greatness of your personality. But those who speculate to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead are unable to know you, even though they continue to study the Vedas for many, many years. So, he makes his point, uh, Lord Rama offers his prayer, and beautiful prayers that uh, Lord Rama is offering. Mm-hmm. He's, he's saying like, I am like a small insignificant jiva enclosed in a pot of universe mm-hmm. that you control and it's coming from the pores of your body. Mm-hmm. So he's comparing like uh, himself into, enclosed into the pot of universe. Mm-hmm. And then he's further explaining how I am just an insignificant. Uh, baby in the womb of you mm-hmm. and mother never takes offense so please don't take any offenses so he's offering all this uh, uh, prayers and finally he's uh, uh, mentioning uh, in his prayers saying that there are people who say I know everything about Krishna mm-hmm. let me think, let them think that way as far as I am concerned I do not wish to speak very much about this matter mm-hmm. oh my lord let me say this much as far as their opulences are concerned they are all beyond the reach of my mind, body and words. And this is Lord Brahma saying, who is the most powerful personality within this universe. He has got four heads, right? And his, all his body is made out of intelligence. It's nobody, no computer we have ever made which competes Brahma's personal power. So, uh, he is like superpower, most powerful personality within this universe, right? So, he is saying that, I cannot. If somebody says they know Krishna, let them say that. But I can say it's not possible for me to understand even the fraction of your opulences. It's not possible for me to understand. And the final point is 
one should surrender to the will of the Lord. So this is uh, uh, and uh, this is humility. This is Atmanishaya, uh, uh, full surrender to the Lord. And we see in the past time of Shila Prabhupada, uh, uh, one Shila Prabhupada said, I was planning to be rich, I was planning to make money and then serve the Lord. But the Lord had different uh, plans. He wanted me to be the poorest person, he wanted me to be the beggar and then serve him. And then Lord gave me everything. So this is the mood of surrender. Shila Prabhupada, uh, even though he lost everything, he did not complain to the Lord. Why have you taken away everything? He understood. And in the diary of Jaladutta, uh, he writes, right? If you read the diary, it's very interesting. He writes, I am completely dependent on you. Now I am a puppet in your hands. Whether you want me, to, if you have brought me here, you have got a plan. So he was completely surrendered onto the Lord's way. So this is what is required. Last point, which I have to mention, uh, because that will conclude. The, we say we never got any benediction. We say we never see the Lord in our prayers, but that is not true. I'm sorry, I'm contradicting my own statement. Because oh, it, it is mentioned in the Bible, oh, Mata Just that we are chanting the holy names of the Lord. We have performed all the austerities, we have done all the sacrifices, we have read all the Vedas, we have taken back in all the holy rivers and we have been to all the holy places. So this is a fortune that we have, we don't even realize how fortunate we are that we have been able to chant the holy names of the Lord. So Lord appears, Kale, Nama Rupa Krishna Lord appears in front of us in the name of holy names. So actually we all get darshan of the Holy Name and we get benedictions every day because otherwise we would have not been able to change the Holy Names of the Lord. So uh, I'll stop the class here. Uh, if there are any questions, comments, corrections, please. Uh, you can tell more more. I've got a few more but uh, I think <laughs> it's going into... Okay, I'll speak one more. Since you asked, people So, uh, this is uh, when uh, uh, Shilagupa Goswami goes to Vrindavan, and uh, here Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has gone to, uh, from Vrindavan, he has come to Jagannathpur. At that time, uh, he's sitting in the association, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is sitting in the association of Sarutama, uh, Ramanandra Roy, uh, and all these devotees, and Shilagupa Goswami comes. Uh, and he, there is a discussion going on and everybody is glorifying Shilagopadoswami because of his uh, 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 writings. And at that time, uh, he, he had written two books, Lalita Madhava, Vidhita Madhava. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is encouraging Shilagopadoswami to speak more and more from this book. Uh, and especially Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew the heart of uh, Rupa Goswami. Because 
Vidal Dhan Mahadeva and there is a verse which uh, he liked the most and Shilohu Swami says, he says, I do not know how much nectar is there in this two syllable Krishna. I do not know how much nectar the two syllables Krishna has produced. When the holy name of Krishna is chanted, it appears to dance within the mouth. We then desire many, many mouths. So when we chant the word Krishna, we desire many, many mouths. And when that name enters the holes of the ears, we desire millions of ears. And when the holy name dances in the courtyard of the heart, it conquers the activities of the mind and therefore all the senses become inert. So from the mouth it enters the ears. So when it's chanted properly in good consciousness, uh, from the mouth we desire many mouths, it enters the ears. When it enters the ears, that suddhanam, when it enters the ears, we desire millions of ears. And when it enters the heart, we completely, all the other senses become inert. So this is the formula Shri Rukhoson is giving. Vilakta Mahadeva is mentioning this and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu loved this verse so much. So he said, just by chanting these two words, Krishna, it produces unlimited mercy. It gives unlimited benediction. And if this been heard and chanted appropriately, it produces, it destroys all of our mouths, it destroys all of our uh, and it, it's a, 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 it gives you the, the highest benediction. That one can get. Okay, I'll stop there.